Welcome to Outlaws to the End. I'm Brent Adams, joined by the man who is with me on the show yet again, Mr. Lauren Baumgarten. Welcome, Lauren. <laughs> don't sound so. That is. Don't sound so enthused. The worst introduction. A hundred. No, wait. How many? Two almost two hundred and fifty episodes. You and I have done together. I thought it was okay, given the fact that I accidentally pasted in the intro from our Uncharted Four opening. <laughs> the and, man who is the Sam to my Nathan. And I got about five words into it and realized that I was not going to be able to continue reading without us having to restart, which I'm still thinking might happen anytime now <laughs> hey man it's nothing if not accurate i am the man with you on the show that's right and uh and this is the show where we are going to talk about e3 2016 you all have been talking about it we've been talking about it with you a bit i know that uh we, lauren and i were both hanging out in separate chat rooms because we can't fucking stand to be around each other for not on this show. <laughs> We're but, not even actually recording this together. Ben, Brent already laid down his half of the show. I'm actually texting to Lauren right now, and he's just responding to my, uh, <laughs> my text. But uh, That's right. we were both hanging out in Mumble on Sunday and Monday chatting with you guys we were all watching live streams together. That was a lot of fun. That was a yeah, lot. Yeah, I did of a lot fun. of uh, I did actually the bulk of my chatting uh, in the chat client. Uh, which I really actually enjoyed. I was in Mumble just a, just a little bit, but uh, I've been on Mumble a lot this last week playing Overwatch, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, totally, totally fun playing with uh, Alex and Patch and Reminder and, and just t- all the guys from, uh, um, I was going to say EBA, Outlaw Gamer well, they Crew. they are from EBA, that's true. They are. Yeah, true. No, it's been a great time. But I did a lot of my E3 watching, uh, all of my E3 watching, chatting in the chat client, and there were about 60 people in it. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I had a great time. Um we we made uh, we made a lot of jokes at the expense of EA and Ubisoft, as you can well imagine. But uh, we uh, we we got through it, uh, all except for the PC uh, gaming show, which we'll talk about. That that one was nigh unwatchable. But um, that is not where the story starts. The story starts sometime with a different unwatchable Sunday afternoon with EA. We had a lot of discussion, Lauren. About Battlefield 1, which obviously was a big headline coming into and out of the EA press conference. And let me just tell you how much I love coming into and out of EA. But anyway, the point is that as a Battlefield player, I am kind of curious to know, what do you think? um, What do you think of Battlefield 1? The discussion that we were having, just to sort of frame the question with a bit more context, is that it's been such a high-energy exciting kind of gameplay staple that's that that franchise is there any risk that by setting it in world war one that they're going to lose some of that excitement uh, i think there is and i i think i think uh particularly with i think in one of the strangest moves i've seen in recent memory gaming wise yeah i think releasing titanfall 2 a week after battlefield one um Maybe if, the worst idea ever. Maybe it just seems odd. It seems like you're really splitting the the audience. I mean, the audience is is online multiplayer, first person shooter players. Yeah, uh, I love both franchises and both games. And now I'm not going to buy both games simultaneously. I simply won't because the reality is, is when we play, 
we play um, as a group, and and especially in those first few months, we play a lot as a group, and so um, uh, it's it's a weird decision. And I think you make a good point, Brent, uh, where if it feels like it's slowing down to some people, there is an absolutely fantastic. Uh, faster paced alternative just seven days down the road now i don't i need to clarify that i don't necessarily feel that way like fatui and some of the other people i was talking with they they were kind of raising that point but i said you know i think if they were making a historically accurate kind of video game that might be an issue but i think that they don't give a shit about historical accuracy they give they give all, all the shits they have to give are over in the corner of the room where exciting gameplay is sitting. Oh, you know? absolutely. And There's so no I question. Think that, I think that they will they will basically try to keep the gameplay feeling that they've always had, just dress it up in World War One style. But I, I you know I I don't think that they're going to sacrifice on that. I, I think that's more important than just about anything. No, but if they're right, if they're right, um, there's an, there's an, there's a really good viable alternative other than Call of Duty. You know, True. a lot of a lot of people tend to pick one or the other camp in terms of Battlefield or Call of Duty, but right. Titanfall, I don't think. Uh, necessarily falls into that sort of us versus them mentality, and so um, there, there's another alternative there. And I and I just think if they're right, that that's another reason why their release dates are weird. But I think those release dates are weird. But are you getting? Um, I are didn't you get, getting Battlefield One? Uh, I you know I think the I, I think the answer to that question is probably yes. Yeah. Um, I have to tell you, in all honesty, that that fucking EA press conference was one of the most annoying things I've watched in a long time, and particularly the Battlefield One event. Agree was was just awful and, and and by the time i just didn't give a shit i mean i i spent all week giddy like a, a schoolgirl uh about seeing the battlefield one footage and, and by the time it was happening i couldn't care less and i was sick of it by the time it was over and i'm really it, it affected my enth- enthusiasm and i'm uh having to go back now and, and watch like the level caps and jack frags and these sort of dedicated streams that don't have any of those asinine Ass, did I say asshole yet? Yeah, ass fuck yeah. holes. Ass fuck holes. Doing that, they keep hiring to do this commentary that are fucking awful um, over them, and so uh, uh, it got repetitive. I also, I also wish they would have uh, demoed two maps. I think they could have given two maps, given that they were doing an hour of gameplay, so people could see some different stuff. But yeah. Um, uh, so I mean, yeah, the reality is, I will probably get Battlefield One, but at this exact moment. I'm a little more intrigued by Titanfall 2. Well, let's talk about Titanfall 2, because the next two games are FIFA 17 and Madden 17. And right, who cares? I, Although I did think it was interesting on FIFA 17 that they're... What was the boxing game where they they fight, turned fight it night. into... Fight Night, I Fight think. Night? Yeah. They, they're kind of Fight Nighting FIFA, where they're doing that whole story thing. Yeah, you know, we were talking about that, and actually, let, let's, let's talk about that for just one second. It almost seems, now that it's actually happening... It almost seems inevitable that somebody would have put two and two together and said, wait a minute, sports game, sports movie, sports game, sports movie, and, you know, like smashed them together. You know, just in, in hindsight, it seems like a pretty obvious leap to make that, you know, you could sort of attach a story to a sports game and make like a, <laughs> a campaign out of it or something. Well, it caught, co- I mean, it caused me to play Fight Night. I hadn't, I don't remember the last, I think literally, honestly, and this is, I think the last, boxing game i played was punch out yeah uh in the original that? in the arc in the arcade <laughs> right 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 uh uh 20 years ago and uh fight night i thought the story looked interesting and it caused me to get the game and i enjoyed the game yeah so there you go uh yeah it's a good point because you and i tend to play games for stories and yeah. if somebody comes along and says man you gotta fucking play try fifa 17 it's like it's like fucking rocky 
Like the game's fucking incredible. Like it's got this great story and the, you know the cast, the acting, and blah blah blah. Yeah. Like I'd play FIFA 17 if somebody told me that. I'd play college football if Rudy was the main character. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like Sean Astin's got anything else going on because we all know that fucking Goonies two movie ain't going to happen. <laughs> so Titanfall two because fuck yes. Titan 17. Titanfall yes. two. Um, what do you think, man? I mean, the 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 first Titanfall. It's not like it was. Not like the game was hurting for all that much. I mean, it was a fun game. It was fast-paced. Did really, really well. It was only on two out of the three major platforms, but they seem to have done okay outside of that. Uh, you and I both played the beta. I think you actually ended up getting the game. Uh, getting the game, yeah, I played you? the shit out of the game. I, I, I think it's a first multiplayer game where I, you know, platinumed or whatever. I, I wrapped around uh, the characters <laughs> and back you, up to you wrapped around what? I, I wrapped, not reached. Uh, yeah, I played the shit out of Titanfall, and I I absolutely fucking loved it. Yeah. And uh, this to me looks like I you know I don't I don't know that the game needed a single player, but I'm excited now to check it out. And uh, um, they have six Titans now instead of three. All the Titans are new. Yep. They have the grappling hook is is a loadout item. Right. Not every pilot's gonna have the grappling hook, but they have the grappling hook. Uh, new weapons. The, the animations for the pilots I keep hearing over and over are just phenomenal and. I, I think it looks fucking great, man. And like I said, I'm really pissed off that they're releasing it a week after Battlefield. I will probably end up getting both. What about the uh, what about the single player side of Titanfall? I, I'm excited for it. I, I want to see more. I mean, I really one thing I'm craving now, and I've been I've been scouring the web over the last 24 hours is some actual gameplay footage. Yeah, uh, of multiplayer, and, and I would like to see some gameplay footage of single player. It didn't it didn't do a a, a ton for me yet, but uh, it, you know, it just <laughs> It's a fifty-fifty shot, Brent. I mean, if it's a, I'm more lately, likely to get a game if it's got single player, as opposed to just multiplayer only. It's it's rare, even like quote unquote multiplayer only games that I get, like say Swotor or The Division, tend to have you know some kind of single player esque campaign story to them. Sure, so I, I have to say that for my own part, it definitely puts me more in, like I, I'm probably not going to get Battlefield One. I, I don't really see myself playing that, but I could see myself getting Titanfall Two and. And, you know, Battlefield One will have a single player. I know it will, but I've played Battlefield right. campaigns, uh, single player campaigns before, which is why I'm not really interested in playing. Well, it. well and that's my point. Is if it's I, I look, man, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare was a fucking awesome game. Yeah, and, and the single player was fucking brilliant. Not there were there were faults to it, but it was really good. Yeah, and um, I I love for a game like that Battlefield Bad Company too. It was had a wonderful single player, but mm-hmm. um. And I and I love for games to to have great single players, but lately C- C- Call of Duty and uh, um, Battlefield have had shit, and so I but I have no problem pl- pay, pl- paying and playing. I mean, I play hundreds of hours of Battlefield. Yeah, I bought Overwatch, which was only forty bucks, and I'm just completely having fun with everybody. And I don't expect, um, I, I don't care if I mean I, I play I paid and played for Titanfall, and I got my money's worth. I had a really it was a really great game, and so yeah. If if they produce a compelling single player, You'll that's go. fucking all the better. All right. So, speaking of compelling single player, fingers crossed. Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> you haven't. You wouldn't know anything about that from watching the E3 presentation. No. Um, I, I'm really, I'm really, really cautious on this one. Like, I, I'm not at quite at the point where I want to sort of just, you know, kick it in the back of the head. Um. I'm not quite there yet, but, you know, like leading up to the show and everything, people were saying that they're going back to more of a tone of the first game. It's more about exploration. It's more about 
you sort of being the alien in this this new galaxy that uh, that that the game is is going to take place in, and it's more about that discovery of these different civilizations and cultures and the, the story that arises out of that. I like all of that. As you know, despite some of the the aspects of the first game that were clunky, the first Mass Effect remains my favorite, uh, and it's mostly because of that kind of tone, like just that that feeling you got playing that game and that feeling that you could kind of go anywhere and, you know, and just explore and, you know, do things. It really, it felt much more like it was about exploration. The subsequent two felt like you were just assembling a team. Yeah, mostly the, the subsequent two were definitely about the story that was taking place. And, you know, and it was more sort of about the momentum of that, that narrative. So I like all of that, if that's what they're actually doing, but, you know, I, I think as, as some people have, have written about and talked about online it almost, like it doesn't really feel like EA is in the role playing game business anymore. And so when they say that we're going to go back to a feel more like the first mass effect, that is maybe it's, it's a larger U-turn for EA than, than maybe even they realize. So I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical somewhere between skeptical and cautiously optimistic. I really want mass effect Andromeda to be a gameplay experience like the first mass effect, but I'm not sold on that yet. When is it due out? Do you know, is it early 2017? Yeah. Let, let, let me uh, go ahead and talk about it. I'll look it up while we're talking here and find out. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, Brent, the, 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 um, the mass effects I, stuff that was in the, in the uh, conference was, was almost meaningless to me. You know I mean? I, I'm March, I, I'm not March, 2017. March, 2017. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I simply need to see more about this game. It could go either way. I, I love the Mass Effect series. I, I loved one. Two, um, I enjoyed, but I really felt like two was all about assembling this team. And that was it. And that was like the thread. The, there wasn't yeah. like a ton of story. I mean, there was, but the story was go to here and get this person, then go here and get that person, then go and, here and get that person. And hurry, because the universe is about to explode. Yeah, and it wasn't a nuanced and well-written story, if you ask me. And then Mass Effect 3, uh, I, I simply didn't get through. I mean, I played it for... Uh, I don't know, maybe half of the game or so, yeah. and f- don't remember why I put it down, but I did, and I went back to it once, and I, I never got lost in it. And maybe maybe I should try it again. But um, so I want I want Mass Effect to be great again, I guess. But I'm also um, uh, I, I'm not I, I'm not um, teetering on the fence with excitement because I I don't have confidence that it necessarily will be, and I feel like I just need to see more. And right now, we're not seeing anything. Yeah. You know, so. uh, speaking of things that we're not seeing anything about, let's talk about Star Wars and EA. Yeah, no shit. Um, Where's the Death Star, motherfuckers? I, I'm so disappointed that we didn't get more than what we did. Um, I just uninstalled that game. Uh, Battlefront? You still have, yep. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, they're continuing to support Battlefront, um, and, there's, and there's more on the way. We've got this... Uh, We've got this this visceral game, which we caught like the briefest glimpse at, just you know, very very the Amy Hennig game. Yeah, the Amy Hennig game. Just this right. uh, this brief look at that, and then you know we found out that Respawn is doing something. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. That was. I, I'm, I'm that, cur- that really surprised me actually. Considering that whatever whatever I imagine Respawn doing is almost certainly going to be in competition with Battlefront. It is kind of interesting. Didn't they? Wasn't that the one that they said was a third-person action adventure, or or were they? Was that visceral? Um, well, we know the visceral is a third-person action. Right, adventure. I thought I don't, they had said I don't the know if they. Too, but. I don't know if they gave up gave up those details on 
the respawn yeah. game. I, I can't remember now. And also, I was watching it with, you know, like six of the outlaws, and we were all, you know, just kind of heckling the heckling heckling the screen <laughs> and laughing at it. So mystery science three thousanding it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I guess the the bottom line is that I was really hoping that I mean, like, I was hoping Star Wars would be a bigger deal. Now they made a big deal out of Star Wars at the press conference, but at the end of the day. It wouldn't say much. Yeah, I mean, like, like the biggest things that we got were, you know, things on Battlefront, a little bit on Swotor, and then Battlefront wasn't even that big. Yeah, and and then some teases. Yeah, it was really, it was really more of a like something of a not very sizzling sizzle reel, saying, yeah. "Hey, just so you know, we care about Star Wars, and we're working on a lot of Star Wars we're stuff. On a lot of Star Wars, and, and I get that these things take time. You know, the bottom line is they probably don't have that much to show right now. If they, if they had it, they'd show it. I'm sure they would." I'm sure they would much rather have come out of that conference with, you know, a big swinging dick over their Star Wars franchises than than not. So, uh, I you know we're, we're just we're still waiting. We're going to be waiting for a while to kind of see the fruit of any of these labors. Yeah, I everything you said about Star Wars is true. I, and I, I so overall, I think that I got to say the EA conference was a difficult one for me i went straight in it was my most anticipated yeah because i was super excited about battlefront it went straight into battlefront and so i put the two together the conference uh and the the battlefront a uh, battlefront battlefield, battlefield um uh gameplay session and it was just fucking brutal and i just left it angry and i just thought i mean it was it was up there with me and we'll talk about this but with the pc gaming conference it was like <laughs> unwatchable for the most part yeah. it was it was it was annoying so i hated ea press conference so the, fuck you the ea one was difficult to, to get through there were parts of the ubisoft one equally so but i thought that awkward but i but less annoying i think awkward but less annoying but ubisoft had some brighter bright spots at least for me personally uh just dance 17 just dance 17 was not among those <laughs> i actually kind of, in all seriousness i kind of thought that open they always do something for just dance i love the fact that they just did like just dance and barely even bothered to talk about it yeah. to like say the title and moved on, but I actually thought the opening sequence, like we were we were joking around about it, all of us on chat, we were like, "Oh, fucking just dancing about." Halfway through the song, like four people were like, "Actually, this isn't that bad." <laughs> it was kind. Of, the song was great. It was Queen. It was kind of fun. They turned it around. Yeah. Uh, something they haven't turned around is the <laughs> the animus, the the outrage people feel for Watch Dogs, because <laughs> I don't think Watch Dogs two won many people over. We were. Uh, we were laughing all the way to the bank about Ubisoft and their predilection for hipster protagonists and yes. and on and on and on. Yeah, I you know, I, he I used will to be say, a DJ, but now he's gonna save the world. That's right. I will say that um there's very little chance I will get this game. Yes. There's there's a hundred percent no chance I will get it on day one, although I yes. can hear the outlaws going, Yeah, whatever, Lauren. <laughs> um but there, there's not. You, do, but you, you tend to go back on your word. Deus Ex I will say, <laughs> I will say that um, it does look like an improvement over the first one. The parkour system I thought looks kind of cool. Yeah. And I do like seeing a black uh, leading man. That's I think that's uh, it's good. It's nice to see. Right. Uh, it's unfortunate that it stands out. Um, the way that it does. Yeah. Such that I that I notice it. I mean that's kind of sucks. Right. Um, but. Uh, um, but it does look like an improvement, so I give him props for that, but I still don't think I'm interested, and I think I'm still too emotionally scarred from the first one. Uh, let's talk about something that improves on everything, and that's Trials of the Blood Dragon. Have you? Wait, before you say that, have you played it? No, I haven't. Have you? 
No, and I, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You took Trials and Blood Dragon and mashed them together, and it's available now? Come on, man. Uh, that's like, but, that, that, that's like, like the, maybe the greatest moment from their whole press conference. It was, in, in, until I read the reviews of it on Steam, and they are extremely mixed. Oh, no! <laughs> they were overwhelmingly negative at the beginning. They were like, fuck this game. It's not a Trials game. It's not... Yeah blood drag it's like ne- it's neither really and it kind of sucks when you're not on the motorcycle and so i haven't gotten it yet i thought it was a very cool moment though it, it was it, like it, it really really was funny as hell and you know just it just kind of calls to mind the lunacy of blood dragon but if i mean that at its core what made blood dragon great is that it was fun to play in addition to right. all the absurdity that goes into it and if it doesn't have that if it doesn't have those gameplay fundamentals and it's not like the trial series is hurting for that that's kind of disappointing to hear. I love that they did that, though. I fucking love that they were like, "What if we took these two things and mashed them together?" People would think that was fun, and that just and they did it, you know. Yeah. And I just think that's great. Yeah, good, good on them. Yeah. Now, this next title that uh, that Ubisoft showed off, I don't remember this one. I don't know if it's just slipped my mind or if I was busy actually playing the division because I was grind- I was grinding Intel and collectibles in the division while we were watching. So I may have been concentrating on the division when this one was going on. But uh, tell me about Grow Up. That's the um, is it Grow Home or that 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 indie title that was on uh, on PlayStation and and uh, I think it was on PC too. Go Home with a little no, yeah. not Go Home. It's a little ro- or Grow. It's a little robot that climbs up the giant beanstalk and yeah, didn't play it. Uh, this is neither did I. This is this is just the this is the follow up to that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I I'm completely clueless on that one. Um, I can't remember the uh, whatever. I can't. It doesn't matter. Neither one of us. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm sequel, glad sequel spent, to Grow Home. I'm glad we spent a minute figuring it out. Moving yeah, on. No shit. Uh, Star so the next stuff Trek is VR stuff. Bridge Crew, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> now this I am into. I have been waiting on this game since I was like ten years old. Four. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, I'm excited for yeah. this. Um, uh, what do you think? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I haven't read. You know, honestly, I haven't read it. I love Star. I fucking love Star Trek. Yeah, I haven't. I've read nothing about it. I thought it was awesome that they got the actors from the the various Star Treks to get in there and play it yeah. in VR. Um, I, I, I just honestly, I haven't. I mean, I, I'm totally down with this if it turns out to be a good, uh, a, a good game. But I haven't looked at anything about it. Eagle Flight, which is their other VR one, they had Palmer Lucky on stage yeah. playing. Uh, that game, I'm fucking excited about. Right. The, um. I I don't want to gloss over the Star Trek thing too fast because I want to go back and just say, <laughs> like, basically to me, like, I know it's not going to be as in-depth, probably, you know, because they're trying to make a mainstream game here. But to me, it feels like somebody looked at, like, the Artemis Bridge Simulator game uh, that, that, that's been out for PC for a while and said, hey, look, like, they're making a Star Trek game that where you have to have, you know, like, multiple people kind of, you know, like, manning positions and all that stuff. We could actually do that with actual Star Trek. And sell it, and I bet people would buy it. And it's like, yeah, that's what yeah, we of course told they you. Would. We all told you that. But anyway, um, I live in hope. I live in hope for that game. I, I, I'm terrified of it on the one hand because it's one of those. There's like a Johnny Come Lately kind of thing to it, and the Johnny Come Lately is Ubisoft, and so I'm immediately a little bit nervous about: Are they going to understand like what makes this kind of game good? And and give it enough, just you know, give it enough uh, enough substance that it's actually compelling to play. Or are they gonna are they gonna watchdog it basically? So again, I haven't I haven't 
read or watched – most of these games I'm usually up on, and I haven't seen anything really about Bridge Crew. I haven't no, looked at I, it. I, but I'm dying to follow up on it. I just haven't had time yet. If, if Eagle Flight is any indication, people's have, their reaction to Eagle Flight has been fantastic. Right. And, if Eagle Flight is any indication, first of all, I just love the fact that Ubi's already jumping into VR. Yeah. I think it's fucking great. Me too. Um, and if it's any indication, it looks like you know they're serious about it. Well, and I think I think that's true of most things that we saw from E3 this year in regards to VR. I thought that I thought that what people were doing with VR uh, seemed to have some substance to them. Like, like they didn't seem to all kind of be like kitschy hook games. Um, that that uh, that you know, like people look at it and say, "Well, that's fine," but that's not really a game. That's that's just a demo. Uh, I, right, I thought yeah. that there was some some cool game ideas uh, in relation to VR. Let's move on to what might be the most important moment of E3 2016. South Park, the fractured butthole. Thank you for saying the title properly. Yes, well, you have to, don't you? Yeah, people are killing me just calling it the fractured butthole. Yeah. Um, when, and, and that's when, just outright as just a mispronunciation. When they teased this... When they teased this last year, I, I when they much, teased the butthole, yes, they they teased the butthole, my butthole, their butthole. Uh, I, I kind of lost my my cookies on it, and this year, seeing like seeing the actual gameplay, seeing like where the parody is kind of coming from, the you know the the constant you know sort of satire of like the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you know like the Phase One and Two and Three and all the different the various solo films and TV crossovers and stuff. I was just, I was beside myself. I was so happy. I know. It's, you watch it and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't give a shit about the gameplay. I'm sure it's going to be great. The gameplay. I just shut up. I want to watch this. Exactly. It was fucking a st- I, It's just. Having said that, the pl- gameplay does look good. The, I, I, I uh, you know, I keep forgetting about this game, honestly. Um, and it's not on my, like, radar of most anticipated games. Right? I definitely did not go into uh, and it's coming out December, December sixth, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't go into the E three like thinking, oh, I'd like to see some stuff about South Park, but South Park: The Stick of Truth was one of, if not the most fun, just outright fun gaming experiences I've had in the last five years, ten years. I mean, it yeah. was just, it was, it was. I was just tackling out loud for hours playing that game, and uh, this is uh, the fractured butthole. Is uh, is is a uh, unquestionably a day one purchase for me, and uh, and and so it's almost like I don't even care. But you're right; I just it was so fucking funny watching that. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know the premise about the superheroes. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just fucking great, and uh, it, it's just awesome. The the thing that I, I said at the time when we were watching it, uh, the outlaws uh, were watching it, is that what makes the first game so profound is that. It is all of the parody and satire and humor of a South Park episode. It's an it's an interesting story for what it is, you know, as far as it being a South Park episode. But at its core, it is a really good, legit RPG. I mean, the, you're talking about the stick of truth. Yeah, the stick of truth. Like, yeah. like the the core fundamental gameplay mechanics would be good anywhere. Like it's really good, and I can only hope that that remains true for the fractured butthole. Uh, they you know what they showed off as as far as like like you know how they've kind of changed the combat uh, the combat you've now got like a movement grid system and everything that you can utilize I, i'm i'm there for it i'm really really excited 100% you know something that i don't know like perhaps people were kind of looking sideways at it first but everybody seems to say the same thing like the more they see it they're like you know that actually looks kind of cool 
is Ghost Recon oh, really? Wildlands. Oh, yeah. I uh, see. Now, I, I, I thought it was the exact opposite. I was really looking forward to this game, and I was interested to see, and almost most of the stuff I read, or at least, I, and I've only read a couple things, yeah. was was more like, meh, meh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm. St- they haven't lost me yet. I'm still interested in this. I, I, I dig the premise. I dig the location. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot that this game has to offer. So, f- at least in terms of possibilities, there's a lot of possibilities to this game that I think could be quite good. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still interested. This press conference did nothing for me. If anything, it pushed the needle in the negative direction slightly. But, but honestly. A big part of that, and, and this may or may not be stupid, I don't know, yeah. is is the fucking canned uh, game players, the same that you had, like oh, we had for Division I, back I in know. the day. Oh, I got, I know, I know. It's just it's, so disingenuous, and it it makes me feel like you're hiding something from me because this is too practiced. Yeah, uh, and so it, it, it was off putting, and and it left me. With no sense of like, this isn't gameplay. This is might as well be an edited trailer. I I, I agree, and and I'd like to see some fucking gameplay. The they should they should just fucking bring in a few crews of people and just let them play and just you know and just do it. Tango down, tango down, tango down. We don't need it. We really right. don't. Like, it's just it's bullshit. It's disingenuous. It'll be fine. It's disingenuous, and it makes me feel like you're trying to do some sleight of hand, and and, and so I didn't I did not walk away just feeling wise. I did not walk away from the Wildlands presentation and think, oh, this is this is interesting. I walked away thinking like, wow, that feels generic and shitty. I'm I'm still with him so far. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So overall, Ubi was it was less awkward. Aisha was less awkward. Yeah. Um the whole presentation I thought was slightly less awkward and than the EA one. Yeah. Um and uh certainly not as face punchingly groin achingly fucking painful as what would come at, next. As the PC gaming uh, show. Actually, I think the PC gaming show, I think Ubisoft preempted that. I think the PC gaming show was already in progress, had, had been going for a little while when Ubisoft started. They did. I just switched yeah. them on the docket here. But uh, I mean, it, but yeah, let, let, let's jump up and down on the PC gaming conference's head for just a minute. Because, my God, this was terrible. It was horrendous, dude. Horrendous. It was this, it was this bad last year, too. And it these, was. These fuckholes did, did the same thing over and over. This is put on by AMD yeah. and PC Gamer. AMD... Um, you know, had their little commercial within it where they talked about their new hardware and all that stuff, yep. and I don't even mind. No, that I don't. I don't give a shit. That's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and frankly, as a PC gamer, I want to hear about new hardware. But well, I mean, that, it's not like um, anybody else isn't getting on stage D three and hawking hardware. You know, I right? Mean, absolutely. I got. I got no fuck? problem with that. It, it was the host and the format. It's a whole fucking thing from beginning to end. Oh. Half the people in the chat left. They were like, I can't. I can't do it. And I left three quarters of the way in. Yeah. Uh, the games I, I gotta left say just to go overall, watch Ubisoft. That's how fucking bad it was. Well, that's the other thing is how dumb are you that you're going to keep going through Ubisoft's press conference? Who the fuck do you think is going to stay with you yeah. when, when you're doing the Ubisoft? So I, you know, there was there was uh, essentially nothing that interested me in the game wise in this whole thing, with a couple exceptions. Lawbreakers um, is the new is is a new uh, multiplayer only online shooter that I I uh, I happen to get an alpha key for for this weekend. This, so I'll be this playing is the Blazinski game, right? This is this. This is a Blazinski game. Yeah, okay. Um, which looked interesting to me. I was watching. I was like, "Oh, that looks interesting." I've subsequently have learned it's free to play, which makes me think it's probably going to be shitty. Yeah. But uh, I think Cliff is really trying to create a free to play game that's a top tier game. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I got two words for him: Fallout and Shelter. Keep talking. <laughs> um, vampire, vampire, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, <laughs> From the Life is Strange team. That's like that, uh, that Andrew kid from fucking Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> That's what I just flashed back to. 
Slayer of the Vampire. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the game itself looks maybe interesting, but what's really interesting to me is just what a fucking left turn that is from Life is Strange. Yeah, no kidding, right? Um, what about the turn- other- what about the Turing test? I, I want to get to that Turing test. Yeah, excuse me, the Turing test. Let's get to that because that I that was something that kind of caught my eye. Like I stopped what I was doing in the division and actually kind of watched that a little bit. I don't remember anything about that game. It's the one that's set like a like it's it's a sci-fi story. The the premise of which is what if there is life on Andromeda? And so you're you're going through like this you're going through like this base and you've got to there's like you know doors that you got to open puzzly type stuff. I mean like it almost like from what I was seeing of it, it almost looked like a Valve game or something. You know, like it. I don't know, like something about it I thought was very interesting. I, you know, I just I just pulled up the trailer momentarily, and I don't I don't remember this. I remember them saying the words the Turing test, yeah. but I don't remember seeing this. So I don't know if it was I had tuned out at this point and was was doing something well, else. Th- I mean, it, it looks interesting. The, the incredible shittiness might have lulled you into a coma at this point. Well, I was certainly like I was browsing the web, looking at other shit. I wasn't. I mean, I was barely paying attention. I thought that looked cool, though. Uh, that that one is, that's definitely one that I kind of came away from saying like that's on my follow up list, you know, of games and interviews and to trailers that I want to check out in, in the uh, next several days. Yeah, and certainly the Arma Three DLC is yeah, is going to be important to the Arma people and uh, Days of Infamy from the Insurgent team. Insurgent uh, was a great game. Right. Totally enjoyed that game with some friends. Um, uh, you know, I, I wish that, uh, th- this is the other thing is that the PC gaming show, and I don't know if they can't get these people there or whatever, but PC gaming show, uh, focuses a lot on these games that are PC only, right? Uh, you know, things like, uh, uh, Warhammer and, um, uh, what was that, uh, uh what was that, that siege game <laughs> gameplay that we were seeing? What was that from, um, no idea. mountain shit, mountain was, blade. Yeah. Mountain blade. Right, Mountain Blade, stuff like that. But there's that, tons I, of games like cool. things like Battlefield One and Titanfall Two. I mean, these guys these have big audiences are on uh, PC, and a lot of PC players play these types of games. And I'm surprised they don't include that in the show. Are they able to? Do you think that you know? Do you think there's some know. sort of exclusivity with you know either the publisher press conferences or the or the uh, well certainly press I mean conferences. And well, stuff I mean, you have you have games like uh, you have games that show up in other. That that you know that that uh, show up in other like on the in the console shows that maybe were yeah. also in their own separate shows. You know, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare was in Sony's, and sure, sure. there may be things like that. But how could it, uh, how Deus could it be mad for EA to have Battlefield One in their show and the PC gaming show? Right, and talk about something exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Their show was first, and blah 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 blah. Um, but yeah, that fi- I, I just, I mean, I have nothing to say about the games because the show is so fucking awful that I couldn't, wa- I literally couldn't watch it. It's terrible. I mean, the, the, the sort of like the late night talk show format is not good. Like I get, I, I think on some level, like I get what they're going for. They're like, look, we want to be a little bit more laid back and casual. And I'm like, that, that's, that's okay. Like you don't necessarily have to have all the, the bombast of, you know, the Microsoft press conference or the Ubisoft press conference, you know, Bethesda does a pretty good job of putting on a show that's pretty low key and casual, but it still has the presentation uh, presentation enough that it feels like, Hey, we're doing something we're pretty excited about here and we've come to show it with you. And that's the thing. There's none of that kind of enthusiasm of, I cannot wait to show you what I'm about to show you. Let me talk a little bit about it, and then we're going to watch this trailer, and oh my God, we're all going to need to change your pants when it's over. You know, like, 
there's none of that kind of presenter enthusiasm that you get from the other shows. And, and I guess, I guess I want that. I want somebody to come out there and say, you know, this is going to be fucking incredible as opposed to the guy sitting behind the desk, kind of half heartedly doing it, making shitty jokes. And yeah, yeah it's just, uh, they, they need, they need a new format. They need a new presenter. Speaking of which, uh, Bethesda Brent, I did not watch the Bethesda press conference. You did are you? so, you are so unlucky. You should be so jealous of me. Cause I did. It's good. It was damn. Was good. it really? Yes, it was good. What are you talking about? They had the best conference last year. And you're acting like it's a surprise. It was good this time. There's nothing. There's not one game on here that I give a shit about. You're out of your fucking mind. All right. So yeah. number one, Skyrim remastered. Okay. So they talked about Skyrim remastered. They showed it off on PS3 and Xbox 360. And then they show the new version running on PS4 and Xbox one. And you're like, Oh, that's awesome. That's really, really fucking great. Except unless you played it on PC in which you're like, yeah, mods were doing, you know, mods made it look that good like two years ago. That's exactly right. But here's the thing. So this is the stock game, you know, so obviously mods, you know, there's always a performance thing with mods, you know, and, uh, and we all know that. But what I thought was cool is that on PC, if you own Skyrim and all of the DLC, or if you have like the legendary edition or whatever, you get Skyrim remastered for free. So that's pretty cool. Do you think you'll go back and play Skyrim again? I, I was saying today, Starbound and I were playing the division today and I was saying, I can feel myself wanting to go back and play Skyrim again. Like I can feel it coming on because my God, I love that game. Well, that's great. I, I think it's, you know, there's so much chatter on the internet about like, oh, that's awesome. But so basically you took all the work that the modders have done yeah. for the last couple of years and you've integrated in your game. You just and you're integrated charging. the best stuff. Right. And then now you're charging for it. I, I don't think there's any problem with it at all. I mean, like, like I haven't heard, I didn't hear you complain about, like, you know, the fucking Uncharted remaster or the, the Last of Us remaster or, like, any of those other yeah, but, fucking remasters. But it wasn't community members that remastered it for those people. Okay, look, if they lifted code from the mods to put in the game and you can prove that in a court of law, that's one thing. But otherwise, I think that they just did the exact same thing that Sony didn't, and all Didn't they enable places. mods on the console? Isn't that part of the... Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I mean, this is totally uninteresting to me. I played the fuck out of Skyrim. I probably will never play it again. You're, you're, so, um, you're so lost. You're, you're, you're lost in the, in, in the woods. Dude, it's a point. great game, but there's just too many great games to play. Uh, um, I can always go I still haven't finished Skyrim. The Witcher 3, which I could spend as much oh, or more Jesus. time in than the Skyrim. Yeah, I've... I've you know what I mean? I've, I'm in the same boat there. Like, I haven't even started <laughs> on the fucking DLCs because I didn't finish the main game, which I got uh, Neither have I. I'm not, what am I going to do? Go back and play Skyrim when I've got the fucking Witcher 3 like staring me in the face? No, I don't think so. No, listen, but see, here's the uh, thing you keep forgetting about, Lauren. The thing you keep forgetting about is that science is right now beginning to develop the first round of drugs that will extend human life. Okay? That means that we're going to have another 20, 30% of lifetime to play all these games. And <laughs> by the time I get there, there's going to be a Skyrim, like a fucking virtual reality, augmented oh, whatever God, Skyrim. That's going to be a hundred right times larger than the current Skyrim. I'll masturbate right here for Skyrim VR. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. Um, so, other, uh, the other games they. So, what about Prey? Uh, I thought Prey had a cool trailer. Uh, yeah, I, I, I failed to see how the fuck that game is Prey. <laughs> i mean literally except for the name I, I was actually disappointed by that the game itself may be interesting i don't think i, pl- I, don't think I played prey so i i don't have like a I, you know i don't have a uh i enjoyed prey the first game the it wasn't great but i enjoyed it and there's not this game doesn't feel there's not one fucking thing in this game that feels remotely like the original game right and so i was kind of like I, when i heard that the prey had been announced at bethesda i was like oh cool i've been wanting to see the next prey yeah. And there's nothing about it that felt related to me, and so I thought oh, that looks maybe like an interesting game, but it doesn't look like a prey game. So, so I don't obviously I don't have that 
I don't have that kind of baggage that coming background. in. Sure, yeah. yeah so it, I I thought that was an interesting looking trailer. Yeah. Uh, Quake Champions. That's eh, not really my. That's not really my thing. I wasn't so much excited about that. I did yeah. think that like the I, I thought the and again like I'm not like Doom. I love Doom back in the day, but it's not like it's not anything I'm losing my mind for right now. It was a lot. I played. I played it. It's a lot of fun. I, I've, single I've heard that's a lot of fun. Lots of people. Everybody says yeah. it's good. And I was Fallout Four. I played for twelve hours, and I haven't touched it since. I know people that have put you know as much time into Fallout Four already as I've got in Skyrim, which is saying a lot. Absolutely, but I'm not one of those. But people. Uh, I did think that like the DLC stuff they're talking about for Fallout Four, like what you can now do in your bases, that kind of stuff. Um, you mean build the Rube Goldberg machine or whatever yeah, the, the fuck that was? The Rube Goldberg machine is the fact that you can build your own uh, vaults now. That's fucking cool. I love, I love the one shot where like you're seeing like the vault. And it looks exactly like Fallout Shelter. Like it's like that sort of, uh, you know, it, it's like a two D perspective. You know, looking uh, sideways into the vault. That was really fun. Of course, the biggest news of the conference are the expansions to Fallout Shelter, which just got reinstalled on my iPad, and I live, uh, I live in anticipation. Of uh, of being able to take advantage of these updates because that game is the shit. Uh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, there's there's just nothing here that I'm interested in. The last one we didn't mention. Well, which think, again, I'm I not think really we can particularly agree that that's your fault. But keep talking. Dishonored two. I thought Dishonored two looked interesting. You know, did they show gameplay? Yeah, they showed gameplay. Yeah, I should probably watch it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll watch it, but yeah, I, I mean, Dishonored is like that game that I didn't get into at the time, but I don't know. Like I. I like as I look back on it, I'm like, man, I really should go back and finish that because like everything I see about it, it's like it does look kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I try. I went back. I tried to go back for that reason. It wasn't so. Yeah. yeah so Bethesda didn't didn't do it for me. I didn't watch the. It's kind of not on my radar because I didn't watch the just to, because of the time. It was on at like ten o'clock at night or whatever right. here. Um. So I didn't watch it in real time. And when I saw what they talked about, I just didn't really care. But well, it was um, it was my favorite of the despite the fact that Ubisoft had stick of uh, or excuse me uh, the new South Park game. Yeah, fractured butthole. Um, despite despite the fact that that game did not appear in the Bethesda press conference, I still think I like the Bethesda conference the best of the publisher conferences. It's just because they have not yet reached the level of cynicism and kind of um, just douchebaggedness that the Ubisoft and EA press conferences abound in. And so uh, I, I, I still I, I, they didn't blow me out of the water the way they did last year. Like last year, Bethesda Bethesda won E three last year. I didn't feel that way this year, but I thought Bethesda still had my favorite publisher conference. All right, fair enough. So let's talk about Microsoft and Sony, the two we have left. All right. Uh, let's start. We'll start with Microsoft just because chronologically it happened first. Sure. Uh, and Brent, Microsoft had like sort of two distinct things going on. They had their games, and it was mostly games. Mostly. Um, which is great. A little bit of I love work. it. And Sony, Sony was all games, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I really like the fact that both, both major console manufacturers... Games. Really focused on games. Yes. I loved it. Um, it smart move. Uh, Microsoft did have this other component of hardware announcements. We knew Sony had said that the PS4.5 or whatever the fuck it is yeah. is real but wasn't going to be at, at E3 this year. So we knew that going in. Uh, Microsoft announced a few things. They announced the Xbox One S. They're slim. They're slim. Otherwise for, known is, as the Xbox we should have put out. Uh, the, right. Uh, or the iPhone 6S. I, I, either way. Um, it felt like they were stealing Apple's nomenclature not uh, it's not it's that's not the only thing they're stealing from apple yeah right uh 299 <laughs> for the xbox one s which is smaller bigger hard drive no connect uh, port. uh no connect port i didn't catch that well i don't i don't know um, if they said that in the show but i, I think i read that somewhere i, yep, I, I, so I could they be anna- wrong I'll, I'll throw the caveat on i might be wrong about that they announced that they announced uh something that i thought was actually really cool brent uh which is fully customizable controllers mm-hmm 
Like the colors, I think that's pretty cool. Now they didn't talk about prices, and if they're eighty nine ninety nine, then it's not so cool. No, because you can get in a fucking elite controller for that. Yeah, but but it's still a cool idea anyway. Sure, sure. Um, Project Scorpio. Yeah, man. Which is there's their HD, their four K HDR six teraflop behemoth. Which I they kept saying six teraflops over and over, and I was like, whoa, six, six teraflops? teraflops! Oh, that's a lot of flops, man. It is. It's a whole lot. Uh, I don't have a fucking clue what that number means. It doesn't. But, well, the um, number itself doesn't mean anything. Right, I mean, the, it, the real question is how much is it going to cost, right? Well, like, that's one question, but the other question is how much is it going to matter? Well, right. So I mean, ostensibly, there's a so there's 4K video pass through coming coming uh, is part of the idea. That's great. You know, I'm assuming that. This super powerful Xbox will be able to play games higher than 900p, yep. which seems to be the standard for <laughs> Xbox One. Yes, Ho- um, hopefully they are going to they are going to cross that threshold soon. Yes, but uh, um, and, and there's there's something brewing with the partners. A lot of talk in Reddit uh, and Oculus forums about Xbox partnering with Oculus, and you know they're that'd they're be a gonna, fucking great idea. It would be a uh, great idea if Microsoft partnered with Oculus. Because they've got that whole crossover with Windows 10 going, you know, anyway, which I'll talk about in a second. That'd be yeah. a fucking great idea. It'd be a great answer to Sony VR, the Xbox, you, you know, Scorpio, whatever it's going to be called. Uh, you know, it seems like it'd be it'd be more than powerful enough to have like a really solid VR experience on a console. That all sounds like a really smart idea to me. What doesn't sound like a smart idea to me is announcing this system and the release window in the same press conference as. You know, because basically what you just guaranteed is that no one is going to buy an Xbox One S, right? Well, I, I so I go back to like Xbox One S is down is two ninety nine, which is which is cheap. That, that's uh, fine, but why would why in the fuck would you pay two ninety nine for an Xbox One S this year when you know that you should just save that money for however much the Scorpio Xbox costs next year? A Scorpio, I mean, I, I'm thinking if the Scorpio is going to be powerful enough to run VR. Compellingly, it might be seven hundred dollars, kind of thing. That that'd be a stretch. I, I I don't know. I don't know if that would be a smart idea, but I mean, you could be right. But I mean, I just I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know either. But it depends on what they're going for. And, and to me, that's the like. If they come in and say six ninety nine, then you got then you got an issue. I think. I, but I just but, don't see. I, I just don't see how it's a good idea to cannibalize sales from their own hardware division. Like, I can't figure out the logic in. In announcing the slimline Xbox One and then making the big deal out of the Scorpio, it's just like, I mean, like you've just told people, don't buy, don't buy the fucking Xbox One S, whatever. Because we're do. building a better one. Because we're building a better one that'll be out, you know, in like eighteen months or something. Right. Like I just, I can't see the logic of doing. I mean, I understand they got to have product on the shelf, and you know, so they got to have an Xbox out there. You know, maybe there's like some underlying issues with the Xbox One that it just makes sense to do a hardware revision of. So maybe maybe that's the, the kind of the logic in it. it's like look we're going to do a refresh no matter what this year and we might as well just dress it up and make it as cool as we can and, and give it the price drop. So like I'm not saying they're wrong for any of this exactly. I'm just saying that I did kind of come away from it. It seems thinking, weird. Why the fuck would anybody get a, an Xbox yeah. One S? But anyway, uh, that's just me. The other thing they talked about a lot Brent which I think is super fucking cool. Yeah. Is the buy once play on two platforms? That's another interesting. Like there, like to me, that's the sword that cuts both ways. I agree with uh, you. I think it's a great idea. Like as far as gamers go, great idea. You got a PC, you got an Xbox One, crossplay, all that stuff. Fucking fantastic. Who in the fuck needs both a PC and an Xbox One? Is the follow up question though. Well, uh, well, I mean, I have a. What do you mean? I have a PC and a PlayStation. 
Yeah, and that's but that's my point is that like what you can play on your PlayStation and your PC are kind of distinct from each other. What you can play on your Xbox One and your PC less so. Well, the less uh, uh, less so, yes. But I mean, I really like the idea that at no extra cost, I live in a, a household that has one television. Yeah. So I love the fact that for no extra cost and synced in the cloud with my saves, that if my wife wants to watch The Bachelor tonight, I can come play the game on my PC. But if I don't feel like sitting in my office to play a game tomorrow, I can play it on my console. Okay. I, I think that's fucking great. That, that, and it's, it's, I, I can see that. That is a tremendous value add to me. And just so, so significantly that with the price drop down to $299, I thought, God damn, I, I might just get an Xbox because I want that functionality of being able to choose if I play my games on, on, in the office in a chair with a keyboard uh-huh. or uh, in, the, in the living room on a couch with a controller. I, why not? I want that. I've wanted it for like years. It, why not like a Steam box? Or, or, well, uh, now, excuse me, not, not the Steam box, not like the Steam machine, but like the little stream thing for, uh, for Steam. The oh oh I, I know what you mean not not the the not an actual uh, not, Steam not box the Steam, not right. the Steam machine maybe it is called the Steam box I can't remember but yeah but there is a difference in that it runs that off of uh it runs that off of the what your Wi-Fi network mm-hmm. right or you have to run a hard line I mean to really get to really really get good there's a lot of people saying yeah, unless you're, you're wiring you're going to want a gigabit Ethernet right unless you're unless you're unless it's wired it's the it doesn't there's there's lag whereas this is actually playing it locally on your PC or playing it right. on your Xbox, right? Or on your laptop. Now, that being said, I do, I did, you know, PlayStation recently did a, uh, um, added the ability to do remote play on your PC. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've used it and it works fucking great. And I've actually played remote play inside of VR uh, and, and it fucking works fantastically. And so that is a solution. But again, Xbox, no, no extra cost. Yeah. So I think it's super dope. The problem is, Brent, like, so I see this and I'm like, God, this is fucking cool. Crossplay. I love it. Okay. Which includes crossplay. Uh, PC gamers will be able to play against Xbox gamers and now that, friends that's lists. That's a good thing. That, that we could definitely with have Xbox gamers, that. like you and I could actually play, you know, mm-hmm. use our friends list and party up and play yeah. on two different platforms. Like, that whole thing is, is I think, just f- absolutely fucking awesome. The problem is, the breakdown was, and I was like, God, $2.99, maybe it's time, is that. The f- and I'm not trying to be a dick here, yeah. but the the games just don't, don't they're not worth it. Oh, come on, Lauren, Gears of War four. Come on, right? I mean, that's they're they're it's not like the content isn't compelling enough, and then yeah. you watch something like the Sony presser, and you're like, it's like night and fucking day, in my opinion. I, uh, um, I well, and you know, I think that just depends on the kind of gamer you are. I mean, I think like certainly, of if course. you're the kind of gamer that really loved the Gears series, you grew up with it, then you're sure you're going to get then a, you're an idiot. Oh, <laughs> you're going to get excited about Gears of War four, right? Um. You're an idiot if you're excited for Forza Horizon 3. I actually thought that looked okay. My statement stands. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I hate to call people idiots. I hate to pick, call people names for the games they like. No, but, I mean, you know, I, you know I me, Brent. I like you. those shitty arcade I agree with you in that there's games. very few Microsoft games that come along that I am really excited about playing. I mean... The exclusives. Microsoft, yeah. you know, they score exclusives like Rise of the Tomb Raider that I'm excited about playing. But as far as, uh, you know, like Gears of War, 4, like like tr- the, the true, you know, sort of like Microsoft first party kind of games, Gears of War, Forza and all that, you know, th- those or Forza Horizon, the regular Forza series is fine. Uh, but yeah, th- those I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit uh, more challenged as far as getting excited about those. I, I do wonder if um i do wonder though if 
a couple of the things they talked about, as long as they're on PC, and again, this is like, I mean, that goes that goes back to what I was saying earlier about why have an Xbox and a PC. You know, there's nothing that's come down the pipe from Microsoft yet that's made me feel like I need to get an Xbox. Like as much as they are, as much as they are sort of like, I don't know if unifying is quite the right word, but they are like just building like these huge bridges between the PC and the Xbox One. I'm fine with all that. I support all that because basically I do want to have the choice of playing Xbox One titles, like the, the exclusives that come along. I want to be able to play those on my PC. So the more they want to support those two ecosystems, I'm totally fine with that because I want to play things like fucking Sea of Thieves and State of Decay 2 and Dead Rising 4 and you know that kind of thing. State of Decay 2 is not an exclusive, is it? It's on the PC and Xbox. I mean, I don't know. Right. I don't know where else, you know, it might I don't I, I don't know if it's uh yeah, yeah. Um so of the games that Microsoft talked about, Brent, the the only ones that really interested me were um uh We Happy Few was a disturbing experience. Yeah, I I thought that looked very cool. I'm I'm very interested in that. Not not a not an exclusive though. Uh no. Um and and, and honestly the only other one that really grabbed me, State of Decay 2, I thought looked interesting. Um, but the only other one that really grabbed me was Gwent. <laughs> I thought, well, okay, Gwent, I'm down for. Uh, I'm curious about Inside. That's that follow up from Lim. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. I'm curious about that Gwent. I'm way, I'm way with you on. We happy. For- Although I'm really, really disappointed in CD Projekt Red for not doing this on mobile. No fucking shit. That is the first I thing I just, said. That's the first thing I, I think said. that is just the the biggest. I would play this game fucking constantly on tablet, and I would I would pay ten dollars for it or fifteen dollars or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's a colossal mistake. I can't understand how on the one hand they're saying like, oh, we listened to our audience. I'm like, no, you didn't. Because yeah, honestly, I mean, I'm not really that interested in firing up my PlayStation or even firing up my PC to play Gwent, to play Gwent I, as much as I'm into Gwent. I know. I, it, it's such, it's such a misstep on their part. Yep. It, and and the, given the reputation they have, it's, it's hard for me to understand like how they misstepped. Now, I brought up that same point with Fatui, and I don't know if he had read something, but his response made me think that that you know it's like an exclusive thing right now to like PC and Xbox, but that down the road it would open up to other platforms, which maybe would allow you know tablet, uh, mobile device, etc. So I don't know. Again, that's one of those that I need to do a little bit of reading up on. Yeah. Okay. We happy few. I thought it looked cool. Dead Rising Four. I'm down for. Um, Sea of Thieves, I, I'm really interested in that, actually. Like, I really thought that looked fun. And yeah, the guys in our chat were really into that, too. I, I wasn't blown away by that. Yeah, I, I think I would love to play Sea of Thieves. Uh, Halo Wars 2, like, I always thought that, like, the, the Halo Wars, uh, like, like, the RTS thing, I always thought that was kind of a cool idea. Uh, I, I could maybe potentially play that. And then State of Decay 2, I'm, I'm very interested in that. I, I, I thought highly of the first game, though I didn't play it. Uh, as much as I played like Daisy or something, but I'm very interested in State of the K2. I think that could be fun. Um, overall, though, Brent, I have to say, I I almost called you. Um, you know, uh, after watch Microsoft was in the morning, right? Yep. Uh, and then we had, and I for, forgive me for the order. We had EA the day before, and then we had um, PC gaming and the Ubisoft presser. Um, and I almost called you after that and said, "Hey, man, I'm, I don't know if we need to do a show." Like, I honestly, and I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be glib. I, I honestly like was so disappointed by uh, the EA press conference and the way they handled it. And uh, the PC Gamer press conference was unwatchable. Um, Microsoft, I thought, was very sort of blah. 
Um, and I, and I genuinely was like, I, I don't know that I have anything to worth talking about, to be honest. Like I, there's, I, nothing has interested me so far. Uh, and then came Sony. Yeah. Well, uh, for my money, Sony, again, they really, um, they really knocked it out of the park and, and it was a pretty simple, straightforward affair of just let's show off some really fucking, you know, awesome games and, and, and that's pretty much all they did. Yeah, I, re- I mean, they opened it. I, you know, I, I was joking around in the in the chat. They opened with the God of War demo, which was yeah, uh, I, I just f- I, fucking astonishing in my opinion. I can't be. I, I don't think I could be more excited for this game. I mean, like, no, I, I remember the rumors. They were like, oh yeah, next God of War might be Norse mythology, and I was just like, I had the hard on to end all hard ons. I was like, you're fucking kidding me. That would be amazing, and they're fucking doing it. You know, like oh my god, I'm so I'm so excited. After about four hours, Brent, you should really go to the emergency that's, room for that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it was it was a fucking astonishing, and I actually thought it was Horizon Zero Dawn when it first started. Right. Uh, and so it was a nice little like uh, I thought they did a good job of sort of tricking you in, but I was it was, and the orchestra was incredible, and then playing live, I thought that was a great touch. I did too. It was incredible, and so that God of War it opens up, and I was like, he Sean whatever his name is, I can't remember. She should just walk out, fucking drop the mic, and walk back off the stage. Yeah, pretty much. Like, literally, that's what he should do. And then, so, open up with this incredible God of War demo. I mean, fucking incredible. Uh, and followed by um, the last, and forgive me for the order, but it was something like, uh, was Detroit becoming human? I can't remember if that was next or not. I, I thought that... Or if it was Days Gone. I thought it was later. Like, I thought that they... It was later. I think it was Days Gone after yeah, that. I, I, because to me, it felt like it was God of War and then like Last Guardian, Days Gone. Last Guardian was third, oh, I remember. Because I remember Dawn was fourth, I think. I, I remember saying, when, you're, when you have Last Guardian buried as number three. Yeah. So I kept saying at the beginning of this, like, if they opened with God of War like that, what the fuck are they closing with? It's got to be Red Dead. It's got to be Red Dead. Alas. And, and then when they get to number three, I'm like, when you have Last Guardian buried as your number three, like it doesn't start it off. It's not at the end. Yeah. Like you have an sh- amazing lineup when that's fucking buried. Well, I, so e- I kn- either that or they've lowered their expectations for what the, oh, last, the last Guardian, Guardian be, maybe, and they're trying to but do the, the same with us. The first four or five titles were God of War, Detroit Becoming Human, Last Guardian, Days Gone, Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean, yeah. all of which are interesting games to me. I agree. Like Horizon Zero Dawn, I have like the strangest feeling for. Like I watch the gameplay, I'm like, that looks compelling. We're seeing crafting. We're seeing exploration. We have you know this huge open world traversal, and and then you know like like the the enemy encounters, like boss fighting, that kind of stuff. Yep, I think it looks amazing. And then like I keep catching myself, and I'm like, it's because it's just such a bizarro kind of world. You know the the, the almost like you know prehistoric, you know like prior to ten thousand BC kind of uh, you know kind of feeling with. You know, like robotic animals. I mean, like it. There's just something so incongruent about it, yeah. and yet the gameplay looks so compelling. I, I'm very, very curious about it. I want to talk about Detroit be, uh, Become Human. Um, yeah. I, I'm. You know, obviously, I know that you and I tend to be in the minority when it comes to Quantic Dream, David Cage. <laughs> you know those games. Yes. But in watching the trailer for this. And seeing what they are going to be attempting to doing uh, with the branching storytelling and, you know, like the moment to moment choices having huge, huge dramatic 
you know, kind of repercussions and, and wildly different dramatic repercussions uh, within within the same scene. I love. I've wanted to play a game like that my whole fucking life. I, it almost got me into playing that that uh, that kind of slasher flick game that uh, until yeah, dawn. until dawn. It almost got me playing in until dawn because I'm so. I love the idea of those games. I've dreamt about playing those kinds of games for so long. I'm very, very excited about that one. Yeah, I am too. I mean, again, you, I know we're the minority. We heard, sh- I heard shit about it in the chat room, but um, I, I, I like David Cage and Quantic Dream. I, their games are not are far from perfect, far from perfect. And there's tons of memes and shit you can make fun of in those games. And and you may not like David Cage's uh, um, the way he speaks or or even what he has to say. But there is nobody like him making video games right now. I agree. Uh, and I think he's pushing... Uh, he takes video games in an interesting direction, even when he fails. And I uh, I enjoy, even when he fails, I enjoy the direction that he is going in. I really liked Heavy Rain. Uh, I liked Indigo Prophecy. I liked um, Beyond Two Souls. Yes. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm on board. And, and it would be hard for him to get me to not buy this game on day one. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much in the same spot with you. I'm very excited for it. Yep. Uh, Days Gone. Days Gone. That was, looks interesting. Uh, yeah, it looks interesting. I, you know, I, ke- I kept going. I thought it looked really interesting the first time, and then they showed more of it. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'd be lying if I said, and I think I probably can speak for all of us, that uh, we're a little zombied out. <laughs> I'm a little zombied <laughs> out. Um, I, I, but I felt that way since before the Walking Dead TV show started. You know, yeah, and so I mean, I, I think it looks really interesting. It's a whole new IP. It looks beautifully done. Yeah. I want to see more. Um, it's it's, and I agree. Go ahead. Sorry, no, go no, ahead. No, no, you you finish. No, no, I was going to go to Horizon Zero Dawn. So okay, well, just to, just to say my piece on Days Gone, it's interesting that they closed the show with that. You know, it's not the game that I would have picked to to close the. You know, they, they gave that you know that big uh, that big you know sort of gameplay uh, demo at the end, and that's not the one I would have picked to do it like i just wouldn't have thought to do it but um it does look it does look interesting to, to, to me i don't know what to make of it i mean it's like a cross between i don't know like like the just like the sheer number of zombies that you're dealing with you know almost reminds me of something like um like dead rising or something but yeah you know, but it's not played for laughs in the least as a matter of no, fact it w- like i thought that was a really dramatic moment when um I can't remember, like whatever Sam Wetworth's character is, uh, or Whitworth, excuse me, whatever his character's name is, he's like you know chasing after that one guy. He catches up with them, you know they kind of they wrestle, they fall off the roof, they hit the ground, and the guy's like broken his leg or something like that. Like the desperation in his screams because he realizes like you know how he's about to die. Like it was a really stark moment. I mean, like like I thought that they 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 played that very, um, they played it, you know. For just the right kind of drama but i mean it was just like it was ridiculously insane i mean it was you know like that fucking uh, i am legend will smith uh movie like all over again it was just like you know like the fucking like tidal wave of zombies coming at you or i actually no, i guess i'm thinking of uh, world war z aren't i world war z yeah. yeah it was it was interesting and it was a kind of a weird mechanic because honestly the whole time i was like the fuck are you doing why are you even bothering to shoot these things that's me i'm just like run, I, mean, I was fucking run yeah I, I i mean what are you turning around for and it was actually uh, it made for a weird demo, if you ask me. Like that, yeah, I agree. Th- that last few minutes, I, I I didn't like. I didn't. 
so is this a Dead Rising or is this like a survival? Like, why? I just is it a survival horror game? Is it open yeah. world? Is it? I, I don't it, know. It left, but but I'm definitely intrigued. It's a new IP and it looked beautiful. And uh, I, you know, I'm I'm intrigued to see more. What I was going to say um, about Horizon Zero Dawn about Horizon Zero Dawn is just I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic demo. The last thing I saw about Horizon, I was kind of going back and forth. It seemed a little cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, this demo was fantastic. The combat looked excellent. Um, I loved the different weapons that she was using, and uh, I, I just thought it was an, an outstanding uh, demo. And I'm 100 percent back in. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited about that as well. You know, yep. a, a demo that I thought was really neat, and I thought it was a cool reveal as well, was Resident Evil Seven. Yep. Watching the demo and kind of thinking about like, oh man, this would be so creepy to play in VR, and uh, and you know, I heard a lot of people kind of saying like, oh, like you know, it's a little bit like that PT demo. And apparently, yeah. you can go download this and play it now. I haven't done it yet, but you can the demo for RE7. Yeah, for RE7. Uh, yeah. You know, that you can kind of play the trailer, as it were. A lot of people have have drawn some comparisons to that in PT. I didn't play PT, so you know, like I don't know if that's true or not, but it, it certainly looked cool. But something about what happened, like at the very end, like you know, you kind of go through the you go through the whole thing. You get the you get the videotape, and you know, it goes in the machine, and then there's a lot of kind of quick cutting and, and images that are just like flashing by and something in that as i was watching and i was like this isn't a resident evil game is it and then all of a sudden it's like that you know you see that roman numeral seven and then resident evil fades in around it i was like what a fucking great reveal i mean just you know like really really cool moment uh yeah, just just great great bit of media there but as far as like that being like a vr title holy shit well it's gonna be scary as holy fuck, shit dude, dude. It's going to be scary as fuck, and I, I think that's awesome. Um, it was really weird. So they went, they did Resident Evil Seven, and they did PSVR stuff. Yeah, just like just right? like a whole like little mini show right in the middle, showing off VR titles. And then they went into Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Which you didn't know at first, correct? And I was like, the whole time, I'm like, what the fuck is this? This well, no, I mean, it was still felt like it was part of the VR segment. Yeah, I've, and so yes, like Starbine and I had this exact same conversation earlier. So I was typing frantically into our chat, like is this VR. This is well, I, I kept typing like this is going to make a lot of people really sick. I was like, you guys don't know this, but you can't do locomotion like that. You can't just have a character running like that when you're sitting in a chair. Your brain just it doesn't make sense to your brain. And yeah. and and then they showed him like floating in zero g, and that makes some people really really sick. Yeah. Also, and then they showed him in in a spaceship, and I was like, they've basically covered the. Th- three pillars of of simulation sickness like what like, not to do some one of these will make everybody somewhat sick and i was like they they just ensure that whoever plays this game and i was like looks like an interesting game but this is gonna fucking just tank in vr yeah and i just kept typing shit like the that fuck? the whole time and then finally they re- they revealed it and we're like oh it's fucking call of duty well, the, th- <laughs> like, the thing is like i was watching it and i was like what the fuck is this like this looks like like i thought like honestly like i thought it was gonna be like this is going to be like fucking uh, some new Killzone game or something. You know, this is going to be like Sony's answer to Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And I guess at the end, it's like Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it was really weird. For me, it was a weird moment in the press conference. And it was, it felt, I thought it was part of the VR section. I, I did. Well, yes, you you are not the only one who, who thought that way. Uh, uh, I also thought it was part of the VR thing. But So two other games, Brent, in, in the Sony presser uh, that were, I thought, personally, both very compelling. Let's talk about Spider-Man first. <laughs> <laughs> From Insomniac. Yeah, man. Um, I always take... I'm, I'm there for that. Like, it's Insomniac I am to too. a Spider-Man game, I'm there. I think it's fucking great. I take it with a grain of salt. 
Spider-Man games tend to be, you know, hit or really miss. That uh, I don't know. Like I, I, I think I, I haven't played a lot since. Uh, who, who, who did the um, the whole Shattered Web? Uh, who, who, who did that? I can't remember. I don't remember. I know what you're talking I, I was, about. I, I wasn't no a idea. huge fan of those. Um, I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, this turns out to be a great game. Uh, I, I was not expecting a Spider-Man game at all. I wasn't either, but it was, it, it, uh, was, it was cool. It was a cool trailer. Follow up on it. See some gameplay. But um, I've, fingers crossed. That might be okay. Yep. And then uh, lastly, Brent. Yeah. The man you thought won. E3. It's not that I think he won. He he won. He won. <laughs> he won. You have to understand. Except for, except for the goddamn title. You have to understand that him winning E3 has nothing to do with what I think about it. And it has everything, uh, it has everything to do with that fucking coffee mug. So anyway. He, he starts coming down the ramp, but I'm like, and is that, that that's Hideo Kojima. They gave him a big entrance, baby. I mean. Of course they, they did. He's fucking Hideo Kojima. They gave him a big entrance. And he starts with, I'm back. I'm back, motherfuckers. Uh, so. Uh, Death Stranding. Death Stranding, which is a really weird name. It's a real. It's a really weird looking game. Uh, it was a really, really interesting looking uh, teaser trailer, whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, I mean, it was just a tease. Uh, obviously, starring uh, Norman Reedus, and uh, and I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the game's about. I don't know what to make of the imagery that we saw in the uh, in the trailer. I have no fucking clue, but. Hideo Kojima has done a pretty good job of making great games that I really didn't understand for most of my life. So I'll just have to keep on trusting him, I suppose. I thought it was compelling as shit, dude. It was weird, but it was super compelling. It was, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to make of it either, but uh, no idea. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was fucking awesome. And I, I need to know more. I'm, I'll be very, very interested to see whatever it is at this point. I'm more excited about the fact that it's a new Hideo Kojima game and it's starring Norman Reedus than anything to do with the actual game itself. Because if you ask me what I think of the actual game itself, my answer is, who the fuck knows? No, what game? Is it even a game? I don't know. I don't know. I, who the fuck knows? Again, you know, that, that I can answer any question you have about this game with who the fuck knows. Um, so that wraps up sort of all the titles. I mean, I, well, now, I, we didn't I think... really go into detail on the VR titles. Were there any, was there anything there that... Uh, that you thought deserved some mentions? No, I was really actually surprised at the absence of dreams from Media Molecule, uh, because I think that's going to be a very compelling um, uh, title for... All right, well, I, uh, I want to bring up some things, you fucking PC sure. elitist. Sure. Number one, Batman Arkham VR. Yeah, we just don't know anything we about don't, it. We don't. All we got was... A, well, that, that's true of most of those things. I mean, it literally, it literally could be like, stand in the Batcave and look around. I don't think it's going to be that, but again, Oculus fanboy on the fucking podcast. Um, no, no, I, <laughs> that's not true, that's man. That's exactly just, what you just did. They, it said it just they didn't no, say you're, anything you're right. about you're what right. it was. Okay, we, but we know Mark Hamill is the Joker is going to be in that motherfucker. We know that. Uh, I, I'm I'm very curious of what that you know like is it going to be like? We went back and did all three of the Rocksteady Arkham games because fuck Origins. I'm in I, VR. Like I don't know if it's that if it's an yeah. See, I'm just aim. concerned. I I, I I have to say I'm a little bit concerned that Sony might not be paying enough attention to, um, the the like I I came away from that thinking like that kind of locomotion is really that doesn't work or whatever. Like they need to. I'm worried that Sony might not be paying as much attention to that as uh, other developers might. And but I do I will say that I think overall I think Sony's going to have the strongest lineup because they have the strongest 
stable of game developers who have been doing game development sure. longest. So I think they're going to have the most compelling content. Um, Star Wars, in theory, X-Wing, VR mission. That fucking looks dope. Okay, now here's the thing about that. Like that's the one that I was kind of disappointed in, and here's why. Uh, because why? it was mission singular and not missions plural. You yes. Know? Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like that left me thinking, like, what's Batman going to be? Is it going to be like a how twenty minute experience? Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing. Is like I'm wondering, like, how many of these are really kind of games, and how many of these are sort of experience? Well, you know? Final Fantasy was another good example of that. So right. I was watching all that Final Fantasy stuff, and I was like. This cannot, like, people are going to be fucking vomiting all over the place. There's no way. And then you see at the end of all of that, they're like, Final Fantasy VR, and it's somebody standing in place shooting. Right. Right? And so I, I think the last, I, whatever that was, 20 seconds of that whole Final Fantasy is what thing the game was the actual piece. V- the VR piece. Right, of it, right, right. I, I can um, see that. Um, for the X-Wing thing, and you have to understand that I in some form or another, have basically been fantasizing about that game since I played X-Wing on the PC way back when, you know? And and being a guy that loved X-Wing and fucking loved TIE Fighter and X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and Balance of Power and X-Wing Alliance and on and on and on, I am a Star Wars flight sim kind of guy. And the idea that there's going to basically be like a... Was it, actually, was it actually branded Battlefront? I can't remember. What was the actual title? I think it was. was I think Star it was. Star Wars Battlefront X-Wing Mission or something like that. Right. Um, but the idea of of like a Star Wars kind of flight sim-esque VR experience on paper sounds amazing. Whatever it's going to be in practice, I don't know. But the fact that it's Battlefront worries me a little bit, even though, let's face it, the one thing that everybody was really clamoring for the battlefront didn't have was you know space combat that's right so you know perhaps this is sort of like a hold you over until battlefront 2 comes along and unifies everything and puts it all in vr you know whatever um but that worried me just a little bit and then the other thing was the mission singular it made it to me feel like it's more sort of like almost like a kiosk vr experience rather than a game it's just it you know remains to be seen i I felt like you know like i said that final fantasy one was misleading about what the actual experience is going to be that you're right the x-wing one said mission and the batman we have no idea what it is you know um the the one game that i am it wasn't they didn't talk about it but robinson the journey Mm -hmm. is kind of this robinson crusoe-esque dinosaur that sounds cool that looks really interesting to me too but you know the other thing that people you know, I kept saying, like, you know, people in the chat were like, oh, this game looks dope. And I'm like, you got to remember, it doesn't look like that in VR. It's got, it's like that, that crisp awesomeness you're seeing on the screen at 1080p. It's, it doesn't look like that. It looks like, looks a little bit, you know, even, even on the Oculus Rift. fuzzy. Right. There's a bit of a screen door effect. And it's not necessarily, it, it, you lose that. And it doesn't necessarily matter, especially with the proper art design and design in general. But, it doesn't look like what you're seeing on the screen. And the PSVR, I, I would assume, based on everything we've seen about technical specs, is going to be even slightly below that. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for PSVR to come out. I'm excited for the more VR, the better, man. What uh, would you think of the Razer uh, HK2? Uh, the, the, so I think competition is good, and the cheaper people put, you know, experienced people like that put out headsets is going to drive the price down that much faster. Yep. The HK2, there's a couple things about it. It is a dev kit, although it's it's uh, for sale for consumers. And don't forget, Sony's dev kits were that cheap also. Uh, I mean, Sony, Oculus. 
Um, and uh, it doesn't have three things uh, that make the other two headsets more expensive. It has no integrated audio or microphone, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, is you know the the which is what the Oculus has at six hundred versus the four hundred of the of the OSVR. Um, and the um, it doesn't have uh, motion controllers, which is what a big part of what makes the Vive eight hundred dollars, mm-hmm. right? So I think I mean I think it's great. But it's, I mean, in, you don't understand. In terms, of, in terms of specs, I mean, certainly like the display technology and everything seems pretty solid. Yeah, well, 100%. And there's, there's something in there that's sort of nebulous and about how they're blurring the pixels to try and, and reduce the screen door effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've not seen any reports on what the actual sort of real-world effect of that is on visual quality. Um, but, but these things, you know, these things matter. When, when you talk about the $200 difference between that and the Oculus, the headsets everybody says are equivalent to about $150 pair of headsets. So having the internal mic, when, I, when I'm in social VR, I, I can't overstate how, how important it is to be able to put the headset on, have, have the headphones included, uh, have a mic integrated into my device. So when I'm in social VR, I'm just, I just have the one thing on me with, with uh, binaural audio, 3D audio, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the one thin cable coming out of the back. Yep. So uh, I, I think it's... Um, I think it's fantastic, man. I think it's great there's another player. I think price driving down price like that will drive down prices of other headsets. But I also it's not like all people are focusing on is same same um same specs of the display, basically, and the sensors for two hundred dollars less. And there's more to it than that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that's a fair point, but it it also to me, um, to me, it sort of shows the, you know, where where open source and you know and, and Razor keeps talking about how you know like this is an open source thing you know like like the reason it's not you know DK two is not dev kit it's hack you know it's hack kit two you know it's all about you know we're putting it out there and we're just gonna like let people we're gonna let people bash on it and and turn it into something and you know then we'll we'll move forward with it and I think that's that's great and everything, but it does, it does, I think show some of the, some of the limitations that taking that kind of approach to have where you basically just say, well, this is the piece that we're doing and we're going to rely on other people to kind of figure out, well, what's the best kind of motion control to have, you know, with this, you know, what's the best, you know, kind of surround sound system to integrate and all that kind of thing. And I could be wrong. I mean, you know, like, like people could like rush to the razor uh, VR headset and really turn it into something great, and then you know Razer follows up a year later and does another piece of hardware that integrates the best things that the open source uh, developers supporting it have come up with. That could happen, but I just I, I have to say that at least right now I feel like in my heart of hearts that that Oculus certainly and Vive will beat them to that. They'll beat them on that date just because they don't have to wait on other people to figure those things out. They're actively doing it themselves. Well, that's right. And I just think it's, you know, the portrayal is that like, Hey, this is, this is equal specs and $200 less. Yeah. Uh, and that's just simply not the reality. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's, I mean, you put on the, you pick up and put on the Oculus Rift and, and you understand what you're paying for. It is an elegant, complete consumer product right. uh, that has technology in it that, that uh and um, like components in it specifically like physical components earphones and, and so it's just not a one for one and I, I again i think it's great but i i just don't think it's as big of a story as some of the outlets are trying to make it right well yeah. I, I agree with you the main thing that i the main thing that i like about the razor uh 
VR entry is is competition. I I, I like the fact that, 100%. that more people are getting into the space because that just uh, that just keeps everybody competitive and healthy, drives prices down, so on and so forth. So well, people. I just had this conversation with Aaron, my buddy, who was thinking about buying a Vive, and yeah. I asked him why the Vive over the Oculus, and he said, you know, I'm uncomfortable with Facebook and. It seems like they're trying to maybe lock down the ecosystem a little bit or whatever, and I and I think that's something of a red herring. I really do. I mean, I think people, people, some people are very upset about what they perceive as to be the consolification of the of the um, uh, VR headsets on the PC, and yeah. and hey, this is the PC. This is different. And I think what people are failing to one of the things that people are failing to see is that ten years from now, this isn't going to be fucking connected to a PC at all. No, it, it's, it's going to be. It's, it's not going to have. That's correct. It's yeah. not going to. It's all going to be onboard computing. Maybe it's fifteen years or whatever, but it's probably, not going to be tied to the PC, which is where we're so staunchly planting our flag and trying to yeah. avoid closed ecosystems and avoid. And, and the simple fact is, is it is going to be a console at some point. It is going to be a standalone type of thing. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Samsung so, Gear VR is closer to what I agree with you. I think I think that Samsung Gear VR is actually a lot closer to what the future of VR is in the sense that. You know, it's just it's your phone, but it's just like a self-contained thing that uh, you know that operates independently of any other box around you or something like that. Right, right. Now it's just that right now we need a bigger box to give us the hardware power yeah. to run it to the level that we want. But like everything else, what what I need a computer to do today, I will be able to do on a on a phone chip in five years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so but I think it's cool. I think the competition is good, and I'm not. I told Aaron, I'm not like it's not all about being an Oculus fanboy. I'm a VR fanboy, and I will gladly switch to the Vive when they give me a product that I feel is more compelling than what Oculus provides. Right on, right on. Uh, yeah, well, so. that's certainly that's certainly my attitude. Um, one thing I want to talk about here at the end, we we, we kind of teased it early on, but I, I do want to just talk briefly about the the business model change that console gaming seems to be facing right now with. Sony doing this really low-key confirmation. Andrew House was doing an interview with the Financial Times uh, late last week in which he confirmed, yes, we're doing a PS 4.5 or a PS 4K, whatever you want to call it. We're doing that console, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be more powerful, and we don't really have anything else to say about it because it's not going to be out until next year. So that's why we're not going to really be talking about it at E3. Um, so he put the news out there, kind of diffused any sort of expectation that we'd see it at E3. And... Obviously, Microsoft uh, really talked up Project Scorpio and its six teraflops and all that. Both of those announcements, and obviously this has been brewing for a while since we've been hearing such strong rumors about them both for a while, but both of those announcements really do herald a change in the console business. And you know, we were talking about this a lot during the uh, you know during like the the press conferences in chat was that um, you're seeing. Microsoft and Sony go to, I think, a business model that's a lot closer to Apple and Google and their mobile phone business, where I don't think they're going to be putting out consoles every year, but I do think that you could very well see new consoles every three years or something like that. And as opposed to new consoles being like this revolutionary kind of uh, change, it's going to be more incremental changes. And just like you see like in the iOS ecosystem or the Android ecosystem, you've got your current sort of operating system version, their software that runs on it, games that run on it, and they support kind of a range of hardware. 
you know, like, like on the iOS, I don't know what it is on Android, but like on iOS, like generally speaking, whatever the most current thing is usually supports devices going back about four years. And, um, and so, you know, you've got to, you know, if your device is four years old, you can still run the new OS, you can run the latest games, but they run a little bit slower. They might, you know, not look as good as the new hotness. It seems to me that that's where console gaming is going. Do you agree? And what do you think about it? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say right now because, frankly, this is the first time we've seen something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the the key is is they have to give us something compelling, right? They have to give us a reason to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, we're not sure yet what the reason to buy the PS4K is or, or Xbox Scorpio, right? right? I mean, the, the, the Xbox... H- higher you know, frame rates, S- higher resolution is like what seems to be what we're talking about right now, but maybe it'll be more. Well, Who knows? But, but, well, we don't know, though, because it could be... I mean, there's the 4K video piece of it. That's that's right? the one thing. I mean, like, I'll get a PS4K most likely just to have a fucking 4K Blu-ray player. You know, like, to me, it'd be worth it to sell mine right. and have so, that. So there's that, there's that specific piece of yeah. it, but they have not said yet that you're going to get, high, you know, higher frame rates, or which is, is implied, but they certainly haven't said anything about higher resolution. Right. That you're, nobody said you're going to get 4K gaming. No, that, that, right? all of that information comes from, you know, basically anonymous developer sources who are saying this is the specs that that Sony has showed us. This is like kind of the things that we're working around. But to be clear, none of that has been officially announced so far. Right, and so I mean, I would think, and, and tell me what if you have some other ideas, but I would think there's basically three sort of uh, arguments for the for the higher quality hardware, 4K video. Yeah. 4K gaming yep. and VR, yeah. right? And we don't know yet, like which one of those things they're doing it for. And if they're doing it for maybe all of them, v- or, or maybe all of them. If they're doing it, I don't think 4K video is going to be enough to push consoles. If that's the only reason, um, no, it, well, if if for Sony's end, I think that Sony wants to do 4K to sell 4K televisions. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I have no doubt about it. But I don't think I don't think people are going to go buy a $400 4K. Uh, uh, PS4K just because it has 4K video over I, a three hundred dollar one. I will, but yes, most yeah, pe- most yeah. People so might some not. people, right? Some people will for sure, but I don't think it's going to be huge. Now, VR, maybe, maybe not. We're not sure yet. And then, uh, you know, th- then you get into the weirdness of so if it's for for higher quality gaming, are console developers now developing similar to? You know the way we do on PC, where higher end rigs play at higher end specs. You know frame rates, yeah. but but what good does that? What, you know what good is that going to do you on a you know the maximum? It depends if it goes up to 4K or not, right? Yeah, I think that so and, and it doesn't are, make there, a lot know, of there, sense to do it unless it does go to 4K. In my opinion, like for gaming, yeah, well, for for both. I mean, like to me, like the, like the system has to support. That's a lot of power. It's right got to support 4K gaming and 4K video, and I don't just mean like the Blu-ray. I mean like streaming as well. Uh, right, and that's a lot of power right now. Four K gaming is 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 tough to push. So obviously, but you know, like if but if Sony gets six teraflops of their own, you know, then who knows? That's true. It's all about the teraflops. But, um, uh, so I don't know, man. I don't I, it's just I think it remains to be seen. I don't know. Like it also could be, you know, four K is a thing right now, right? Yeah. So if they do this three years later, it it doesn't mean we're going to be at eight K. And so they may not be no. able to advance the next console within three years. I, I think, think they're, they're somewhat dependent. I think they're fine with that. Yeah, I, I think, but I don't know if it'll be like Apple or or Android, where where that three year cycle you alluded to is is a 
continuous three-year cycle. Right. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I don't like. I assume that there is enough innovation on the console gaming side of things to justify, you know, like a new console every three years with some sort of minor adjustments. It's like it's it's definitely one of those things. I mean, like every year, you know, like when Apple when Apple comes out with their new phone, like you know, like this year it'll be the seven, next year it'll be the seven S. Every year, I'm like, okay, well, let's see what's different and see if I feel like there's enough there for me to, you know, trade in my current phone and step up. Or if and if not, then I'm like, man, I'll just stick with the phone I've got and wait and see what they do in two years. You know. Um, yeah, but one of the differences is that for Apple, it's their own device, so they're not. Whereas the console is, I mean, remember, console is dependent upon your television, or or some other alternative display, which may be VR sure. moving forward. That, that, yeah, that, that's a fair point. Um, whereas, I mean, it's been you know ten years between. 1080p and 4k and there was there was no sort of like why would you release a console um after you already had a console that was pushing that 4k i I just don't know there there might be an argument to be made right now that with 4k televisions becoming a thing becoming affordable and really good quality and people being interested in like uhd as a format and all that there might be a compelling reason to put out a mid-cycle console refresh this generation that might not exist next generation. That's exactly right. Now that being said, VR is 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 primed and sitting on the precipice of of being that display technology sure. that that absolutely could be rapidly iterating. You know, Oculus had said they think that the cycle will be somewhere in the neighborhood of two to three years. Right. So that if that is the case, and and VR is cycling at two to three years. Um, and making significant jumps in display technology that requires significant jumps in uh, display processing technology, graphics processing. That could be a driving force um, as well. That could be a driving force for a new console each time. Right. Absolutely. So those yeah. are all interesting things. It'll be. I'm just curious if I'm curious to see how consumers respond to it. You know, because like you say, I mean, like you know, the console or the the mobile phone business is not exactly uh, it's not exactly hurting with its business model. People seem pretty comfortable with the idea of buying a phone. For you know, however much they pay, let's you know, this let's, I don't know, let's just say five hundred dollars. You know, buying a phone for five hundred bucks and you know, getting another phone the next year or the or the year after that, uh, with you know some some upgrades to it, you know, minor, major, whatever they may be. Console gamers, uh, you know, are they as interested? Are are they going to be as willing to change? Are they going to be as willing to spend the four hundred dollars they've already spent on their Xbox or their PlayStation, and then three years later say, all right, I'm I'm ready to, I'm ready to go ahead and get the new one. Mine's great and everything, but I'd love to have that that 4K resolution or you know whatever the selling point is. Um, are they going to be willing to? Are they going to be willing to make that change? Are they going to kind of be resentful of the fact that uh, that there's now a new product which they don't have to buy because Sony and Microsoft are both saying that you know these are going to sit right alongside each other. Everything that comes out is going to work with the console you have right now, so you don't have to upgrade. Unless you want to, um, yeah. How know. gamers are going to respond to that? I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting, Brent. I do want to say one more thing about E3 that we forgot to mention. I kind of alluded to okay. it earlier, um, and that is Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, th- th- I-, I figured we kind of close with that. Yeah. So I, th- the truth, you know, there, there's no precedent for Rockstar unveiling a game at, at, uh, E3. at E3 at all. But but I allowed myself to believe it. Yes. There was enough conversation take two making, you know, it was a parent company for Rockstar saying that they were going to be at E3 in a big way, the map leaking. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I really for whatever reason, it's my own fault, allowed myself to believe that it was possible. Yeah. 
Uh, and I will say that by the end of the Sony press conference, because that was my last hope, yeah. I was really disappointed. That it wasn't there. Uh, it was a big letdown for me. Uh, and and it, 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 uh, it affected me for a couple of, you know, till the next morning, basically. <laughs> I was really disappointed that we did not get Red Dead sometime yesterday. I'm disappointed, too. But at the same time, Rockstar being Rockstar, who's to say that, uh, who's to say that you know, next Tuesday morning we don't wake up and they've got the announcement trailer and a press release and a bunch of images and stuff? Uh, you know, on the internet, uh, Red Dead. 2, I th- I think it's clear that Red Dead Two is coming. It's just a question of when. Yeah, I <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. I'll take I'll take uh, Red Dead Two, but I, like almost even more than Red Dead Two, I want fucking Red Dead One on PC remastered on PC. Yeah. Um. So uh, the last thing, Brent, I'll say is that overall, I have to say, I felt like it was uh. A very mediocre E3, honestly. Yep. I don't know how you felt. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I didn't feel like there was anything. I didn't feel like there was anything too outstanding at this one. You know, I, I thought that uh, God of War is probably the. There, there were there were high points like God of War, South Park. I, I was certainly, I was, I was certainly very interested to see whatever Hideo Kojima's new game was going to be. I thought that uh, Microsoft and Sony both had really strong conferences, uh, and and I think that both companies did everything they needed to do uh, at this E3. Uh, you know, it's been a very interesting kind of uh, console cycle, the way that things have gone this generation as opposed to last generation, and I think that both companies are are you know really uh, in pretty top form right now with what they're what they're bringing. So. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was a good show. It 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 definitely didn't strike me as like this is the show to end all shows. I mean, certainly not like that year that Sony, the year that like Microsoft had the Xbox One at E3 and like they really kind of fumbled the announcement, and then Sony basically spent E3 just kicking their ass uh, in their press conference. Like it it definitely does not have that kind of drama. Uh, this this was was a little bit more of a, um, a by the numbers kind of E3. But having said that. There were some strong, some strong showings as far as games. Uh, all right. Well, there you have it, guys. That's our take on E3 2016. We're doing just one show this year, so because uh, really all that's left is Nintendo, and who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, first of all, I want to say thanks to everybody, and I'm going to say this on behalf of Rent as well. Thanks to everybody uh, who watched the press conferences with us and chatted with us, yeah. uh, whether it was on Mumble or in chat. If you guys don't know. Uh, we have mumble channels on the left side of the of the website. You should check them out. I'm in there very frequently playing with Overwatch lately, but uh, we got a lot of players that play a lot of different games. You should check it out. Um, but uh, as always, we appreciate your participation. We want you guys to sound off in the comments. We want to know what you guys thought. What were the best press conferences? Who won? Which trailers stood out to you? Which ones pissed you off? Uh, how, how good or bad did you think Aisha Tyler did? That kind of thing. Let us know in the comments. As usual... He is Brent Adams. I am Lauren Baumgarten. And remember, you don't stop playing because you get old. You get old because you stop playing.